Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Confused and Homicidal. This week, I'm Tori, and I'm confused. No, you're not. <laughs> Shoot. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Confused and Homicidal. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Andrew, and I'm confused this week. And as always, I am Tori, but this week, I'm homicidal. Yes. So, I don't know what case this is that Tori is doing. All I know is that she said that I'm gonna like it. At least I hope he does. It's interesting. I'm kind of scared, but also excited, I think. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I'm, I'm confused. Conflicted. That's probably the better word. Confused and conflicted. We're, we're having the um, <laughs> alliterations here. Definitely. But... Are you ready to start this case? Sure, okay. let's do it. So this is the kidnapping of Carolyn Watson and Julian Buckwald. Okay. Have you heard of this at all? Maybe. Injure from the future here? Yeah. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Okay. Most of the, my information came from a podcast episode, then the rest they had like a couple of newspaper clippings, but most of them weren't actually about the actual kidnapping, just mainly mm-hmm. about the conviction of the, um, of the kidnapper. Okay. So, this case is not in the U.S. So I'm. You're following my trend. I'm jumping on your bandwagon. Yeah. This takes place in the area of Gippsland in Victoria, Australia. Ooh, Australia. That's Mm -hmm. somewhere new. That is somewhere new. I'm very excited about Australia. Never been there. Mm -hmm. Really want to though. I was supposed to go. Well, originally. Bummer. Yeah. Hopefully, can go in a couple years. Yeah, so this is 2008. Okay, 2008. And so in 2008, Carolyn Watson, who was 17, and her boyfriend, Julian Buckwald, who was like in his 20s, it kind of ranged from like 22 to 25. What was his name? Julian Buckwald. Okay, sorry, I totally heard Julia Buckwald, and I was like, his boyfriend, Julia. I mean, okay. Yes. It, I was, her boyfriend, I was Julian Buckwald. Gotcha. And so I really couldn't find how exactly old he was, but mm-hmm. most sources ranged from 22 to 25. So he was okay. in his early to mid-20s. And sorry, I probably missed this. How old was she? She was 17. 17, okay. Mm-hmm. And so they are both devout members. So they lived in like a similar area. They, didn't, they weren't from the same town, but they're in similar areas. Okay. And so, that caused, so they both went to the same church, which was the Morwell Apostolic Church. And so they're both very extremely devout members. And they had been dating for a little, like either a year or two years. So they've been dating for quite a bit. Okay, for a little while, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as a sweet day, Buckwall, uh, Julian wanted to take Carolyn on a romantic picnic to see some waterfalls on his family's remote farm near Bulara, Victoria. Oh, that's cute. That sounds so romantic. It sounds so <laughs> cute. Yeah. On sounds March. very fun. Mm-hmm. On March 4th, 2008. And so their farm was about five kilometers squared or about two miles squared. Okay. And so, so not too big. Yeah, not overly large, but a fair size. And so Julian picked up Carolyn that morning in his car, which was a 99 gold-colored Nissan Patrol. That sounds like a nice car. It I'm kidding. Nice. I, have no I don't idea. know what that car is, but it I have no idea either. <laughs> and so the couple planned to be back around 3 p.m. that afternoon. So they're just going to have lunch and yeah. kind of see some waterfalls. It's going to be very fun. However, the supposed-to-be-romantic afternoon never happened because they never arrived at their destination. See, this is why you should never plan romantic events. It always <laughs> just ends up in kidnapping and murder or something like that. At least like on that. our show, it will. Yeah, probably. So, on the drive there, Julian pulled over because he saw a 
animal that had been hit, and so he wanted to check it out on the side of the road. And, like, this wasn't anything unusual. He would see stuff, something. It wasn't always a dead animal, but it could be. Mm-hmm. So he just see something pull over for a couple minutes. Carolyn would stay in the car, and he would go check it out. And so they do just that. He tells her he'll be back in a few minutes, and he parked the car, like, a little farther past the carcass because it was probably a bit of a drive, and they were on a highway. And so he pulled over, got out, and walked out of her sight to see the animal carcass. Mm-hmm. And so as Julia kneels down to inspect it, he hears loud footsteps coming up behind him, and it feels a hard blow on the back of his head that makes him go unconscious. Meanwhile, five to ten minutes later, Carolyn is still waiting in the car, and she starts to get concerned. This is longer than he normally has, even considering that bit of a walk. Mm -hmm. And so... She thinks about getting out of the car and kind of going to look for him, but just as she does that, she spots a man wearing all black and gloves, as well as a balaclava, which, do you know what a balaclava is? No. So... I feel like I should, but no. That's fair. But, um, it's basically the fancy way to say kind of a face mask. Okay. So it's it's from Russia and more Mm -hmm. Eastern Europe, but it's a face mask, but, like, leaves your eyes open. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's mainly... Oh, like, I've okay. Worn yeah. Like, I've worn kind of like a ski mask. It's very similar to a ski mask. Like, I saw some pictures had, like, the ski mask appearance, yeah. but the ones that tended to be more from Eastern Europe and ones that more that I had worn mm-hmm. are just, they cover, like, your nose down and everything but your eyes. Gotcha. And it's to deal with the cold temperatures. Yep. Because it makes sense. so cold. Yeah. I, I guess I have heard of those. Mm-hmm. I just... Not very common in my brain. Yeah. But. They're quite common in my area, but, like, mm-hmm. not really in public. It's more so, yeah. like, if you're outside working, because after a couple hours, you get frostbite. Yeah. Makes sense. And so, this was very unusual, because in March, kind of in Melbourne, Australia, they had a 76 degrees Fahrenheit, or 24.4 degrees Celsius for a high, or about a 58 degrees Fahrenheit, or 14.4 degrees Celsius for a low. And that's kind of during the daytime temperatures. Yeah, for sure. And so... Not normal to be wearing. Right, that's very warm. Too warm. These things keep your head very warm. Oh, I'm sure. Amazing. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like 55 degrees out today, and I was out in like shorts and t-shirts. It was so nice. I was so excited. Finally, warm weather. Definitely not the appropriate weather to be wearing that. To wearing all black gloves and a balaclava. Yeah. Too warm. Yeah, that sounds. That's very sketchy. Mm -hmm. Very sketchy. So Carolyn screams, but before she's able to lock the door, the attacker wrenches the door open and pulls her out, throws her on the ground. That's awful. He hogties her, covers her mouth with duct tape, and throws her in the backseat of the car. Wow. Mm-hmm. And in her own car, too. And technically, it's Julian's car. Well, right. But in the but car that she had yeah. previously been in. And so he stays outside the car for a little while, but he goes back into the driver's seat and drives for several hours. Mm-hmm. So about, like... Some sources said five hours, some sources said six hours. So he drove a long way before he stops. Wow. And did he kind of just leave Julian's body back there where they were? No. Well, so right now this is kind of from Carolyn's point of view, Uh but she, he's comes with, Julian comes with. So the attacker gets out of the car and opens the passenger door and drags Carolyn out. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, she's still hogtied and still has the duct tape around her mouth so she can't scream, can't, can't run. She's completely at the mercy of her attacker. He throws her on the ground, and then all of a sudden she hears the noise of him grabbing a knife and a shovel. Oof. And she starts to not hear a good combination. Horrible combination. And a few meters away, she starts to hear the sound of the man digging. Mm-hmm. 
So, meanwhile, back at home. <laughs> oh, I'll no. leave you on that cliffhanger. Meanwhile, back at home, Julie and Carolyn never arrived back from the picnic at 3 p.m. Yeah. Which is very uncharacteristic mm-hmm. for the couple. They're quite on time, and even if they're a little bit late, they probably would have contacted their families. Yeah, for sure. Especially with that Carolyn being 17. Right. She's still very young. Mm-hmm. And so they both got their, both their families became extremely worried. Mm-hmm. And so Julian's mother was so nervous she began to pace in attempts to try and calm down her nerves. And so she starts to walk the length of the driveway, just maybe seeing all oh, that they pulled up and just kind of hoping for that. But on her walk, she spots a bottle sticking out of one of their wire fences with a slip of paper sticking out. Okay, that's she, weird. Mm-hmm. She walks up to the note, opens it, and based on the content, Julian's mother nearly fainted. So I am going to have a language and a content warning here. It's quite brutal for this note. So the note read, You bloody cunt leave us alone, so your son and girl won't walk about. You get Caroline and Julian back when we finish our business in the area, but only if you behave yourself and don't cheat us around again. Tell everyone they're on holiday, and don't you dare talk to the cops again, and you'll get your kids back. Cheat us again, and you'll never see them again, because we'll fuck the girl to death and burn her alive. And the bloody boy will really enjoy the torture and sacrifice to our God to pay back the 180 times the hurt he did to us when we picked him up. This is your last warning. Do what we say, and the kids will come back in a live condition. So, kind of the end of the note. I don't know how to respond to that. Very, very graphic. Extremely. Extremely. Like, very overkill. And so she nearly fainted. I don't blame her. I probably would, too. Especially if that was, like, my Mm -hmm, child. And, like, his girlfriend, who you got very close with. Yeah. And, like, a member of your church. So it's someone you've probably known for a long time. And probably know really well, too. Mm -hmm. And so Julian's mother is understandably terrified and distraught and goes against the note's warning and immediately contacts the police. Which Mm -hmm. is, yeah. (laughs) I I don't want to say what I would do in that situation, but I probably would. Because I just couldn't imagine being in that situation. Mm -hmm. And so the police are on high alert because of the immense violence that's threatened in the note. They immediately know that this is probably not a joke. Right. And just the concern of the mother here. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want to see what would happen. And so the police organize a large search, both by land and by air, but it was going to be very difficult due to the amount of area that needed to be searched and the remote terrain that they were searching. Mm -hmm. So this is like primarily bush country, so like a lot of back roads and off roads that people can drive. But yeah, it was just such a large area that needed to be searched. And keep in mind, like they actually drove like hours away. Wow. But, like, they weren't probably thinking that, so they're thinking that large area around the farm. Uh-huh. So, they really never know. Like yeah. They had a huge search area. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's intense. Yes. And so, as I mentioned before, the amount of violence that was promised with the note and the possibility of the crime, the pressure was on, and the detectives also began searching for any type of motive this of seemingly psychopath could have to kidnap this young couple. Yeah, because it seemed like in the note that they were mad about something mm-hmm. but what yeah <laughs> and so the police agreed it seemed that there was a prior history between the buckwald family and the kidnapper yeah but the family had no knowledge of who the kidnapper could be they really didn't they were church-going people they were mm-hmm. they were it seemed like they're a very good family by all means and so they really had no clue how they could anger somebody so much to promise this amount of violence yeah for sure because everything that you've said so far, they mm-hmm. just seem like normal people. 
Yeah. Not like the wrong side of the crowd mm-hmm. kind of people. And then they didn't seem to be doing anything overly illegal right. that would warrant anything like this. Yeah. And so, however, when the police began to interview Carolyn's parents, the police discovered that her family had also received a note about 10 days before the kidnapping. And so this note was quite similar, but it's more along the lines of like, mind your own business and stay away, mm. uh, make your life miserable and destroy you and your family. Okay. And that Christians are their enemies. So, okay. as I mentioned before, Carolyn is a devout Christian. Her family is as well, as well as Buckwell's family. Yeah. And so they're both very devout Christians. And so Carolyn's father immediately recognized that the writer of his note and the note that was delivered to the Buckwell family mm-hmm. were the same, since they both had very similar handwriting. And there was also a symbol drawn on both. Okay. The symbol was of the ONA, or the Order of Nine Angles, a satanic cult that preached human sacrifice. I've heard of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've heard of them, but only only because I was slightly obsessed with cults at one point of my life. That's That's another story for another day. mm -hmm. I almost joined a cult once. It was fun. (laughs) But yeah, this was a big. This is a fairly big cult. Yeah. The cult was formed in the 1960s in England. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, but I'll kind of explain that a little more later. Okay. And so since Carolyn and Julian were both devout Christians, the police were nervous that they would follow through with their promise of extreme violence because they seemed to very much dislike what Christian, mm-hmm. what the, yeah, um, the they're Christian very anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so 48 hours later, and there was still no trace of the young couple, and news quickly spread throughout the community, and the pastor held constant prayer vigils for their safe return home. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Yes, the police interviewed the pastor uh, to discuss the cult angle, and so they thought he would be the first person to seemed to very agree with their theory however he didn't agree with the cult theory which shocked mm-hmm. the police okay so what did he think he the pastor didn't believe that the young couple was taken by a satanic cult or that they even had been kidnapped he thought that really? they had simply ran away together that's interesting because mm-hmm. you would think that he would be one of the first ones to be like oh yes satanic cult anti-christian mm-hmm. that's them that's them yeah so that kind of in at least in my mind makes me Kind of suspicious. Of the pastor? Of the pastor, yeah. And be like, hmm, was he involved? <laughs> so this is his reasoning. So okay. the couple were very strict believers. And mm-hmm. so in Christianity, there is the idea of celibacy, mm-hmm. which means no intimacy until marriage. And so they had really hadn't gotten any farther physically in their relationship than holding hands. And so it was very... No premarital eye contact, y'all. <laughs> yes, no premarital <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> And so he just had a recent meeting with a couple and brought the topic of getting married, but that's illegal in Australia because Carolyn is younger than 18, Mm -hmm. being only 17. But however, he really couldn't explain why such horrific notes would be left for just running away. Like, it made no sense. Yeah. The police did briefly look into the idea of them running away, but they quickly abandoned the theory since the couple hadn't packed any clothes, food or supplies besides what they had on them and what they needed for the picnic. And then, and they also hadn't touched the bank accounts, which would also mm-hmm. yeah, they did, probably would have mm-hmm. needed money. Yeah, you need quite a bit of money to run to, to run, run away. away. Yeah, and so and also it didn't explain the threatening letters. That, right, like it's so threatening and yeah, this is such violence. It's just so overkill. Yeah, and maybe some people could say that like they they themselves wrote that just to kind of give themselves a cover story. But yeah, the the from from what you've read it. That just seems mm-hmm. extremely yeah, it was out of so the question. Violent. It was just it, it just seems like too too real to mm-hmm. be someone's like cover story. Yeah, 
And so, suspecting foul play, the police focused their investigation on the cult, the Order of Nine Angles. And so, as I mentioned earlier, the cult had started in England in the 1960s. However, by 2008, they now had affiliates around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, the cult taught a spiritual path where the practitioners would isolate themselves from society, commit crimes, embrace political extremism and violence, and carry out human sacrifice. Sounds a bit extreme. It's a very extreme cult. (laughs) However, as the police continued to investigate, couldn't find any evidence suggesting that there were any cult members practicing in Australia. Okay. And so there were no reports of anyone being in the cult, no previous crimes on record that could be linked to the cult, and there are also no rumors of the cult existing in Australia. So if there actually is cult members Mm -hmm. in Australia, that means they're... They've doing really a really good job. Under the radar. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but they're also living in a small community, which, mm-hmm. and it seems quite Christian. So, um, in small communities, rumors fly very quickly. Yeah. That's true. Like everybody is in everybody else's business. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of, they really hit a dead end with this cult theory. But they also were very concerned about it because a new Australian chapter could have just formed. And yeah. what better way to start? Then starting with a bang, such as human sacrifice and kidnapping yeah. two young members of this community. Yeah, that'd definitely be some sort of bang. Mm-hmm. Not a good one. Definitely not a good one. And so, yeah, the officers were still very concerned on very high alert and continued to search for the couple. So nearly a week later, went by without any trace of, of Julian or Carolyn. And all the searches began to come had come up empty. There was no sight of them. And so, since it was after the 48 hours, which is the most likely window that they will be found alive, mm-hmm. the police began to fear that they wouldn't be able to bring Carolyn and Julian home alive. Mm-hmm. And so, they started focusing on trying to find their remains. Yeah. it's too bad. Mm-hmm. But the bushlands in Australia, like any desert, are extremely hot during the day. Yeah. But freezing during the night. Mm-hmm. And then, also, it was home to various species of spiders and snakes. So, it was just... If Julian and Carolyn hadn't met foul play, if they had escaped, their chances of surviving were also quite minimal, mm-hmm. just due to the conditions that they'd be living in. That makes sense. And also, since they were kidnapped in a very remote area along the highway, there were no witnesses for the police to ask yeah. for any help from or to give any information to the police. So they're very stuck. Which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So have the police found the car at this point? No, because it could never occur in the car. That's right, that's right. And so they haven't found any evidence of where they were. Okay. The only motive that they could find for the couple's kidnapping was the Order of Nine Angles theory, which was human sacrifice. Yeah. But since there's no record of the cult existing in Australia, the police began to believe that the notes were left as a diversion to distract the police from the real perpetrator. Mm Mm-hmm. Or maybe at least the symbols on the notes were meant to distract. But seven days after the disappearance, or seven or eight days, mm-hmm. Carolyn and Julian were found alive by a farmer after stumbling onto the road near the Alpine National Park, hundreds of kilometers from the original picnic destination. Okay. So, so at least they're alive. alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a they good start. Been, yes. They are both in horrible shape, covered in cuts, yeah. bruises, yeah. and second-degree sunburns, which is uh-huh. just like a second-degree burn. Um, but And they also got blisters from the sun. Yeah. So wow. they were in... Very, very rough condition. Yeah. Yeah, I would not want to be that farmer. Oh, no. And the detectives, they wasted no time and interviewed the couple right away in order Uh to get as much information as possible, like, right when they found them. Yeah, of course, because if anything happens, like, if they, like, their health 
continues mm-hmm. to decline, then that's pretty much all the information that you're getting from them. Yeah, and since the kidnapper was still out there, they feared uh-huh. that with the violence of promise in the note, they feared that the couple or even their families were in, in danger of another attack. That's true, too. Mm-hmm. And so in Carolyn's interview, we're continuing the story of when she was thrown on the ground mm-hmm. and the um, and the kidnapper started digging a hole very close to yep. her. She said that he went back to the car, grabbed that knife, and began to cut her clothing off with that knife, leaving oh. her completely naked but still hogtied. Oh. Carolyn was convinced that she was about to be raped, murdered, yeah. and then buried in the hole that he was beginning to dig. Yeah. So she begins to do the only thing that she can think of. Mm-hmm. And she begins to pray. Okay. And so she prays and prays, prays very, very hard. And almost as if God had shown up to save her, the attacker puts down the knife and leaves, walks away. Okay. And she has no idea where he went. She really can't hear much and she can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And so she was just relieved that he was gone for at least just a moment. And so still tied up and unable to move, she waits and she waits. Terrified from when her attacker comes back. And so remember, there's still Julian here. Yeah. And so but a little time later, she hears a familiar voice. Julian's voice. Mm-hmm. She shouts back, Julian, is that you? And he yells, yes. So No, it's no. not me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the attacker. That would be <laughs> terrifying. But similar to Carolyn, Julian is also tied up and naked and had just woken up from being knocked out. Okay. He struggles his way a little closer to Carolyn and he finds the knife that the attacker had left on the ground. Julian grabs the knife and with Carolyn's help, they begin to cut the rope off, both of them. Okay. And so after removing their rope, They were both able to stand and see that the attacker had left behind a sleeping bag and a few items of food. Mm -hmm. Both terrified for when the attacker would come back, they grab the sleeping bag and the food and run off into the Australian bushland. Mm -hmm. They're both barefoot, naked, and battling the extreme temperatures from heat stroke from the day, as well as the freezing temperatures at night. Scary. Mm -hmm. And so they're just wandering in the bushland for a couple days. And so due to their disorientation, the couple accidentally ended up walking back to the site where they had escaped. Oh, wow. And so they were terrified that the kidnapper had never left and that he would find them again and finish the job. Yeah. So, however, he was nowhere to be found. And the couple quickly spots a backpack that they were planning on bringing along to their Mm -hmm. picnic. So Julian runs over and retrieves it where they find the clothing inside the bag. So he runs back to Carolyn and they're both able to put on clothes because they've been naked for the last few days. That's good. So now they have at least some protection from the sun and a little bit of first protection from the heat. Progress. Or from the cold. Yeah. And so a couple more days of wandering, they find the road. And so after eight days total of being in the Australian bush, they're picked up by the farmer. Oh, wow. Fortunate. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight days. That's in, crazy. Yeah, just being subjected to like desert weather yeah so, like that extreme heat and that really frigid cold from like, the feeding sun they really didn't have much for food either because they'd only really packed for a day yeah or water they probably mm-hmm. had little to no water which is not good obviously yeah wow mm-hmm. so they were very fortunate that they never ran it. and they also probably had their attacker out there looking for them mm-hmm. or unless he thought oh they're gonna die because they're out in the middle yeah of what did the what did he do or he or she do with the car was the car still there or did they attacker to take the car away it seems like the attacker took the car i haven't been able to find any information on that okay so yeah i haven't found the car and so the police begin immediately searching for the area that they had escaped from because there there would be a lot of evidence there that's where the attacker had spent quite a bit of time and so after an extensive search the police got lucky and were able to find the site okay 
That's good. Mm-hmm. When they're investigating, they're able to find the pieces of clothing and rope that had been cut from Julian and Carolyn, mm-hmm. bits of duct tape, the knife, and the shovel. So they looked at the items and were trying to identify whose they were because it would probably lead them to who the attacker was. Yeah. And so they kind of started investigating, but instead of answering the police's questions, it only created more. The Spooky. owner of all of the items was Julian. Oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. The police were baffled that the attacker wouldn't bring any of his own items. Yeah. Like, why would you rely on the person that you're kidnapping to have all of these items? Because they were solely Julian. So Mm -hmm. how the heck did he get it? And so even more questions arose when Julian was able to describe how he was hit over the head and knocked unconscious to the police and that the next thing that he could remember was waking up naked and tied. However, the mark that the police could find, like, that was left on his head from being knocked out, it's barely visible, which is not very characteristic with getting your head hit because your head bleeds and bruises right. a lot because of just the amount of blood flow up yeah. to your brain. It's an extremely sensitive area. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of seemed really funky. And also the fact that he could remember being knocked out. Because most of the time when somebody's knocked out, they don't remember mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Because their brain isn't fully able to process right. those last few moments and mm-hmm. store them in long-term memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it also was just, in my head, it was weird that the attacker had just left before yeah like when she, when she was praying like that mm-hmm. that seemed it seemed a little weird that he would just leave at that point mm-hmm. i didn't understand that so this caused the police to begin to wonder if julian had been somehow involved with his own kidnapping yeah yeah I'm, i i kind of am suspecting that a little bit mm-hmm. as well so the police soon confront julian with the fact that well his story isn't making sense and they're mm-hmm. very upfront with him about it and so mm-hmm. they tell him to tell the police the truth and so after hours he eventually cracks under the pressure Ooh. julian admits to orchestrating the whole thing and that he was the sole person responsible for carolyn's kidnap and his own fake kidnap oh wow Julian shows the detectives everything, uh-huh. including the spot where he stashed all of his supplies, such as a map, shovel, knife, rope, and duct tape. He said that he had lied about seeing the animal carcass on the side of the road and that he had used that time to disguise himself as a kidnapper. Mm-hmm. He had tied Carolyn up and then drove six hours north to the National Alpine Park area, explaining why the police search had failed since there is no indication that they would be so far away. Yeah, that's quite a long ways away and mm-hmm. way too much area to search. Yeah, too much area to search, and they really have no probable probable cause to search that far away. Yeah. Like, if there had been some indication of, oh, this is very suspicious here, that it's only found in that area, that Mm because it's best to kind of be a little more concentrated when you have such a difficult terrain to search on one area. So, I guess that means that all of the notes were fake then. So, Mm -hmm. ignore what I said earlier. what did you say oh that they were it was too violent to be fake too almost too fake. yeah well it was so violent to be yeah fake. it's just but shows how yeah i'm confused as the motive at this point like why why would you're gonna you do be that? even more confused when i tell you the motive oh no <laughs> it's such a weird motive julian starts to tell the police how carolyn had begged and pleaded for her life mm-hmm. and describes how he cut her clothing off dug the hole tied himself up, and pretended to be kidnapped as well. And so since he had that map, he was never lost. Like, he knew where they were the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so the police begin to wonder, why on earth would he fake his own kidnap and submit his girlfriend to such horrible things? Yeah. Because, yeah, she had been terrified for her life. Right. She had been terrified, yeah, that she'd be raped and that she'd be right. murdered. Like, it was just a horrible experience. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. No. Especially not someone you're dating. Right. 
someone that you hopefully mm-hmm. love. That you would put them through that. Not it's only wish upon it, but put them through it. Completely awful. Mm-hmm. And so his reasoning for staging the whole thing was in order to have sex with Carolyn and to get her to marry him. What? <laughs> Look on your face. Are you ready for the I, I feel like that's the exact opposite of what you should do. Very much agreed. <laughs> but, so since they were such devout Christians, there yeah. really wasn't anything physical besides holding hands. So, like, Julian was kind of getting a little antsy. I mean, he was, like, in his early 20s. And so he was, like, ready to get married and mm-hmm. probably ready to have sex. But, so they had kind of talked about getting married, but the couple disagreed on the time for the wedding. Okay. Julian wanted to get married as soon as possible. Like, mm-hmm. the minute Carolyn turned 18. And actually, in Australia, with parent consent and a special um, kind of case thing, you can get married under from 16 or 17. So mm-hmm. she could get married with her parents' consent. So it's kind of the same as here in that mm-hmm. matter. It's, kind of, it's very similar to the United States. However, Carolyn wanted to wait and finish her studies, and she wasn't old enough. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't Which know if those studies sense. meant graduating high uh-huh. school or even post-secondary education, but whatever it was, she just was not ready to get married. Which is very fair. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're only 17. There's yeah, you're still so a child. There's so much of a world. Yeah. And so many other things to see besides being married. Right. And there's, there's definitely something to be said about being able to see the world for yourself mm-hmm. before yeah. you kind of settle down and have your own family and all, all of that kind of thing mm-hmm. or even just to do it not without a partner so you can right. have, like bring various friends or just try different experiences exactly and so in order to try and convince carolyn to marry him julian so since like they're both naked and they're very cold at night mm-hmm. julian would say that would suggest to carolyn that they needed to have sex at night to keep warm oh just the weirdest idea I've yeah ever that's heard. weird and mm-hmm. awful. Just not, not the right way no. to do that. And Julian had said since that they were only trying to survive, it wouldn't be wrong in the eyes of God. Mm. And, and like if they later got married, there would be no problems either. Right. About it. That's awful. Because that's mm-hmm. like kind of re- it's, bringing her religion into it and kind of guilting her into it, no matter mm-hmm. which way you look at it. It's manipulating it. Oh, too. for sure. It's 100%. so manipulative. Yeah, and manipulating religion, which was something that was very important to her. Yeah. And so, Carolyn had kept strong to her faith and denied his marriage proposals and his sexual advances. Good for her. <laughs> I know. So, like... Yeah, I can't even good. imagine. No. That's so, so awful and... So messed up. Right. I can't even begin to understand, like, what was going on in his brain. Like, how, how he thought this would all end up... I like, couldn't tell you either. ...working out. So, that doesn't... It's not okay. No. It, it just doesn't, doesn't... You're so confused. It's, it's, it's not how you do it. No. Mm-hmm. And yet, and as I had mentioned earlier, during the trip, Julian always knew where they were. He had that yeah. map. But he pretended to be lost in order to spend more time with Carolyn and hope, and like kind of try and break her down or break her resolve for her to have sex with him or to agree to get married. So messed up. Mm-hmm. So messed up. Yeah, Especially because, like, he knows where they are, so they yeah. could, like, go and get help mm-hmm. at any point, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, like, what if she suffered, like, heat stroke? Yeah. Or just, yeah, just got, ended up being really sick or, like, her burns. Right. Your sunburn, like, extreme sunburn can cause some forms of skin cancer. And it's more yeah. so prolonged over your life, mm-hmm. but there's a chance, there's a good chance she's going to get skin cancer when she's older. Yeah, there's just so many, so many risks in doing what he did and mm-hmm. not... 
No payout, really. Yeah, really none. And so Julian thought that it would only take a few days, uh-huh. which is still enough time for sunburn to set in. Yeah. But after a week, it appeared that Carolyn was going to stay firm in her rejection. Mm-hmm. So he was like, okay, fine. And pretty much, and showed and kind of directed her to the road, but like inconspicuously. Mm-hmm. So he really wouldn't know. Yeah. And so that's where they got rescued by the farmer. Okay. Julian was brought before the county court and was charged with, and I quote, unlawfully carrying away against one's will. Abduction with intent to marry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was a charge, but I'm not... Okay, I'm kind of confused about... Like, that's weird. It's kind of funny, though. I've never heard of that. It's very entertained with that charge. Yeah, that's that's very amusing. Mm -hmm. And so they had the uh, charges from the beginning again were unlawfully carrying away against one's will. Abduction with intent to marry. Abduction for sexual penetration. And mm-hmm. theft. So those are his okay. four charges, which I'm really not sure where the theft came Yeah, in. the theft, that sounds weird. Maybe maybe he stole some of his um, kidnapping <laughs> stuff. Yeah. That could have been, yes. I don't know, that's weird. Or, I mean, they were all his own items, so they could prove it. Yeah. So it's like, he stole his own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So the court also heard about, after being, Carolyn was, as she was hogtied for, and placed in a vehicle for six hours, so, like, when you're hogtied, it's very stressful on your mm-hmm. body, just, like, where you are, just especially for six hours, which is a long time. And probably even longer than that, too, since he put her on the ground and left her there for right. a little while in order to disguise himself. Right. But because of that, Carolyn had suffered severe injuries to her neck, back, and hands. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really sure exactly what injuries they yeah. were, besides the fact that they were quite severe. Mm-hmm. And so they damaged her. Also, and that's not even considering the mental damage. For sure. Occurring, kidnapping, all, and yeah. all the trauma. This is extremely traumatizing. Extremely traumatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She probably has, I mean, I don't know, but she might get, like, PTSD from this. Yeah, she's got a fair chance of having PTSD. And so he was found guilty in 2009, but he wasn't Woo-hoo. immediately brought into custody. Okay. Because that's he's allowed weird. to remain on bail while he's waiting mm. for a sentencing hearing. Because so he was convicted, but he wasn't sentenced. Gotcha. So the U.S. says something kind of similar to that. Yeah. However, Julian didn't want to hang around for the sentencing hearing. Which I don't blame him. <laughs> he knew he would get jail time. Yeah. It's like, why obviously. Why the heck did he sit around? Right. That's that's kind of why I, that seems I dumb. I was so surprised they didn't take yeah. him into custody to have him await the sentencing hearing in the jail. But well, technically he was out on bail so he paid bail and so he was able to wait up while being sentenced yeah but you have such a violent crime right like such i mean not violent but such an intense crime yeah. like this it kind of surprised me yeah the, it doesn't seem like someone who did that should be out on the street free even on bail even on he should have been denied bail right because it had the potential for violence or the potential yeah. for somebody to die yeah there's quite obviously violent tendencies there and who knows what he could do on the street. Yeah, and also the fact that he had threatened. The notes that he had threatened. Yeah. Those notes are absolutely Those awful. Those notes are horrible. Yeah. And so he wanted to get out of Dodge. And so <laughs> he failed to appear in court in Morwell before sentencing. So they're not in the Dodge area. That's just a sec. Just a quick heads up. And so in order to get away, Julian stole a fake Indian passport. So okay. from an, a tourist who was from India. Mm-hmm. He gotcha. dyed his hair and darkened his skin in an attempt to look like he's from India. Mm-hmm. And if you can't tell by his name, this man is very, very Caucasian and very, yeah. very white. His family <laughs> was originally from Germany. Uh-huh. So he's quite a pale man. 
And so, but his disguise was able to fool the Australian customs. Really? He fooled them. Like, wow. he got pads. He got out of the country. Wow. But. I can't. No. Oh, I don't um, like that. I don't like that. I know. <laughs> so the Indian tourist whose passport it was, he had reported it missing. Mm-hmm. And so, but like also Julian didn't make it far. Um, well, that's good. Which was great. He, yeah. so he went to Singapore and I he either got kidnapped or he got... <laughs> he got kidnapped himself. No. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how caught. much karma that would be. Oh, that would be... He goes somewhere and instantly so gets, gets kidnapped. kidnapped. <laughs> I support that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But, so he gets either gets caught in Singapore or he gets caught in India. Okay. Which, when you have a person as pale white as he is <laughs> and attempting to, like, Tint his own skin. Yeah. Or like, but Did, like he dyed his own hair, but he's clearly not from mm-hmm. that area. Right. And but also he couldn't speak Hindi, mm-hmm. so he was very screwed. Especially if he went to India. Yeah. You could clearly tell he went to be a citizen, yeah. especially not in the sense of having a passport mm-hmm. and such and being that of the um, the Indian citizen who mm-hmm. was in Australia on holiday. He there's no way. Yeah. That. Yeah, that doesn't seem like it would hold up for very long. And then yeah. It doesn't seem like it did. Mm-hmm. And so his plan was to try and go to Germany where he had family there still. Okay. But he was quickly extradited back to Australia to finish his sentencing <laughs> hearing. Well, that's good at least. Mm-hmm. Does it say how he got caught or just that, that It was just caught? that. He, okay. They were suspicious of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they kind of when they... Because there was probably a notice out for his arrest. Okay. And they could have been concerned that he fled the country and so it was probably yeah. just there on high alert and with him having family in germany it would make sense for them for him to be or for the police to be on high alert and for him to flee try and flee the country and go back to germany yeah for sure that so, makes sense that's that probably sense. why and so since it's a long such a long flight from australia all the way to germany they would mm-hmm. be taking multiple stops okay mm-hmm. and so he was later sentenced to seven years and three months for the kidnapping of carolyn and he was added an extra six months for skipping bail in an attempt to leave the country. Wait, sorry, say that again. You said he was later seven years, to seven years and three months for kidnapping Carolyn, and an extra six months for skipping bail in an attempt to leave the country. See, at first I thought you said seventy, and I was like, okay, that's reasonable, but only seven years. I was doing some research, and I found that like the person who attempted to help him leave could have gotten more time than. Julian would have. The person could wow. have gotten up to 10 years That's... for helping him escape. Yeah. But he could have, he could have technically gotten up to 25 years, I believe, for kidnapping mm. in Australia. I know, only seven, seven. years. It and we were getting, we were getting uh, mad at uh, Shawcross for... Yeah, for like, 25 years. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, he murdered someone, or two people. Still. Which, I mean, this Either is kidnapping way. with a possibility of... She could have died. Yeah. Like yeah. heat stroke, yeah, the ways. cold, Countless the ways. snakes, the spiders, the yeah, the very the various animals outside. Just yeah, they're very lucky that they survived. I can't I can't fathom that he only got seven I know. years. That's it astounded me. I don't mm, I don't like that. I don't like that. One so, I mean, I don't understand. I'm not from Australia, so I do not know the Australian justice system mm-hmm. as I do the American one. But so kind of when I looked it up, so he had a parole period of seven years and three months, meaning that he would be up for parole in 2018, 
but he was denied. Good. <laughs> and so, Good. like, I couldn't find if he had been released. So I don't know if anybody's from listening is from Australia and understands or just understands the Australian justice system. Please write in and tell us. Because I really don't know if it means that he had to serve a minimum of seven years and nine months between mm. the two charges, or if it meant that was his total sentence. Okay. And so, I couldn't. That tell makes you, more sense. But there's really no more information. There's it was so hard to find mm-hmm. information on this case. Like there's more articles focusing on Julian escaping, getting away from Australia. Yeah. Than from the actual kidnapping itself. Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. I don't. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should, especially with leaving the country and only getting six more months. For leaving the country, for yeah. That, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm just surprised with how yeah how violent the case was and just the mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. Like, you think the prosecutor could argue that he has the potential for more violence. Which, in my mind, he definitely oh, is. Oh, 100% he does. And yeah. Especially since, um, you know, between what was written and the fact that he was able to do that to his girlfriend. Right, to someone he loved. An attempt to either get her into manipulator. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. What else might he do? <laughs> I know, it's kind of terrifying, but oh. I couldn't find any other information on oh. it. So I tried. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. But hopefully he is still in prison. But if he is out and you are in Australia, beware. But yes, that is the case, the kidnapping of Carolyn Watson. And oh. I guess the fake kidnapping of Julian Buckwald. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was definitely interesting. I had definitely hadn't heard that case. I th- it sounded fam- familiar at first, but definitely mm-hmm. definitely not one that I heard before. But I know, there really wasn't like any mm-hmm. information. I tried to find information. Like When I say I tried... I went through the different pages of Google. <laughs> I went beyond the first page. Yeah. I, but the best um, source was a podcast episode, as was previously mentioned. I would 100% recommend listening to this podcast. It's called Case File. Okay. And so he does a very great job going through and explaining it. Okay, and cool. So... We'll put a link to that episode mm-hmm. in the show notes um, yep. so that you guys can go check that out if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. And we'll also have images of both Julian and Carolyn, as well as kind of some of the areas where they were. And then I'll also have a picture of the face, fake passport. Ooh. I was able to find that. I was uh-huh. kind of excited. That's cool. Do you want to see it? Yeah, I do. He looks like a dope. So that's what he looks like normally. He's oh. like very Caucasian, as you can see. Yeah. <laughs> that's his attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. That's not going to fly. It's such a poor attempt. It's awful. Yeah, go check out our various social medias, which we will be mentioning in a few minutes. So yeah, you can see his very sad attempt <laughs> of trying to pass off as an yeah, Indian citizen. There's, there's a no way. An Indian citizen. There's no way that he would have gotten anywhere close to that. No, not at all. That's, that's kind of funny. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. I'd even tried. I know. I, I'm just, I'm just surprised that he was able to leave the country. Yeah, I'm surprised that he got as far as he did, but glad that he didn't get any further. Oh, agreed, yeah. But that is the end of the case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was fun. I I did like that. You were right. I I did end up liking that one. I'm glad. I figured it was time that we kind of needed, like, a slightly chill one Mm -hmm. that wasn't as intense as the first two, and especially not the third one. The Russian sleep experiment, that one. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. 
That's yeah, that funny. one that one was interesting. I, I enjoyed that one. That one was very interesting, but I figured we could kind of use a little bit of a breather. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice, nice little chill kidnapping kind of. Mm -hmm. And everybody survived, which yeah. was wonderful to hear. We loved yeah. doing that. At least no one died. The only one that we might be okay with dying is him, mm -hmm. Julian. But it's okay. Yes. We just hope that he's still in prison because seven yes. years and nine months is not long enough for a kidnapping of that amount of promise violence. Yeah, yeah, that, that's from from what you've said. It, Sounds like he got mm -hmm. not nearly what he deserved. Agreed. But that's crazy. But yeah, good job. That was mm -hmm. that was really good. I, I really enjoyed that one. Thank you. And yeah. we hope that you also enjoyed it as well. Yeah. And if you have any case suggestions or just want to reach out to us, we would be happy to respond. If you'd ever want to make this two-way conversation, three-way. <laughs> yeah, for and sure. So you can reach out to us on our various social medias, such Ooh. as Facebook. CNH Pod. Our Twitter. CNH Podcast. Our Instagram. CNH Pod. Our TikTok. CNH Pod. And we also have a Gmail. Woohoo! Yeah, go go check that out. Again, you can shoot us an email there. It's uh, cnhpod at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! So yeah, <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed that. Because I, I certainly did. That was, that was a lot of fun. Still a little bit mad that he, he didn't get enough time. But yeah. Yeah. And a little sneak peek at our next episode. Um, it's going to be one of my episodes. And this time, I am going to be in the United States. Or the, the case takes place in the United States. Which is something that hasn't happened yet. No. So yeah, that'll be the third episode that I've done. It'll be episode five, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I that one, that one, it's interesting. And it's definitely not really lighthearted but no it's uh, we kind of had to break we ended up breaking up recording sessions yeah yeah it was fun so mm -hmm. we'll get that out to you very soon and we hope you guys enjoyed that but mm -hmm. we thank you guys for listening and we hope you made it to the end um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah we we hope you guys enjoyed and we hope that we will come back and listen mm -hmm. more <laughs> yeah we hope that you'll join us again soon yeah all right, see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.